Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my guest is Sue Patton Teal, and she is the author of many books. Um, the, one of them that we'll be talking about today is The Woman's Book of Courage, Meditations for Listening, Living, and Loving. The, the Woman's Book of Courage was first released in 2003 and has managed to change the lives of more than 250,000 readers in less than two decades. With more than 100 short entries, psychotherapist and author Sue Patton Teal offers meditations, affirmations, and two stories that have touched the hearts of so many fellow women to this very day. Yet, it doesn't just have to stop with the ladies. The Woman's Book of Courage offers wisdom to anyone and everybody to incorporate into their daily lives, reminding them that finding their authentic self is just the first step to embracing their best journey. For more information about this particular book, as well as the many other books that Sue has written, you can visit her website, which is www.sue. Okay, everyone. So, Sue, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Well, let, I'd like to start first. First of all, we were when I scheduled the show. You know, we um, were set up to talk about your book, the Woman's Book of Courage, which um, has been recently re-released um, from Mango mm-hmm. Publishing, and you know, we're going to talk about that. But as I was going through your website, um, you just have a ton of you have a lot of books and a lot of different areas of um, of interest. So. I'm, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead and, and expand our range of subject today to, from beyond the, just the woman's book and just in general to your work and, and the various pieces of work you've done. Is that okay? Oh, it'd be fine. I'd enjoy that. Great. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's first start with, um, okay, you, you, you're a therapist, and right now at this particular point in time, you've gotten you've got like a, a half a dozen books or so um Wow. Did you um, ever see yourself as a writer? No, not at all. No, not at all. It just, it was... So tell um, us what, when it happened, <laughs> how it happened for you. <laughs> okay. I, I, I actually, um, I was on a little retreat. I, I lived in California at the time. And this was um, like 35 or 40 years ago. And uh, I guess it was probably... It's probably in the early 80s, and uh, and I was on a little retreat down at a Silmar, Colorado, California, and I was reading a a very well-known self-help book at that time, which I won't name because I'm going to diss it <laughs> okay. a bit. So, uh, and I ended up and uh, I finished it, and I looked at it, and I said, this, this is if I ever write a book, I'm going to make it practical. Because what I felt like is this author had taken about 270 pages to tell me what was wrong with me and then ended with three pages of what I might be able to do to, you know, 
change and and transform mm-hmm. those things. And I I admit that I threw it against the river rock fireplace and said, I'm if I ever write a book, it'll be practical. And I did not mean that. I don't know where that came from. Uh, but then the muse got a hold of me. My uh, my partner and I, my business partner, therapy partner, and I were uh, leading women's groups. And what we noticed is that everybody, no matter what their what their situation in life, um, or even what their age is, they all had difficulty being themselves. And so she and I decided to write a book and we entitled it The Courage to Be Yourself. And um, it turned out that that uh, I was really the one interested in writing and she was really interested in going back to school. So so I I wrote it. And um, and that's how it started. And by the time it came out, I was I was 47 years old. So I didn't start right away, and I didn't mean to. Uh, but <laughs> the muse wouldn't uh-huh. really let me go. I mean, it was like I couldn't sleep. I'd be up in the middle of the night yeah. writing on a yellow legal pad. By the way, because back then I didn't have a computer. And and taking the stuff to a typist, you know, actual living, cutting and pasting. <laughs> uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's it's in- interesting. You know, once um, you write, once you start writing, um, you know, particularly if you're writing books, and, and it, there is a um, – it's kind of like you open up a, a channel, you know, for uh, yes. to be open to receiving, to, to be receiving yes. and, and translate what you receive into page because not everybody takes that extra step <laughs> to do that. Right, um, right. So, yeah. Well, now, you know, speaking of um, in your book, uh, The Courage to Be Yourself, um, one of the things, yeah, and you were just mentioning that that you and the partner had noticed that there were that there was that common theme um, of right. of not being authentic, or, or, or that you know that right. people that, that people feared um, you know others maybe offending others or not being Absolutely. accepted. But yeah, so what, where do you think that fear? What's the root? Do you think, or maybe I'm sure there's probably many, but what, what is in kind of in, in general, what would be the root of that kind of fear? Well, I think that sociologically, and for eons and eons, uh, we've we've been in a culture and are surrounded by cultures uh, in which women are second place, and if if that, and that we should know our place and keep to our place and you know sit down and shut up and cook dinner and mm-hmm. and provide children so there it's not as blatant as that of course in in a in right. a society that is more enlightened but nonetheless no matter how subtle it's there and and you know what it's still there it's less yeah. and women are standing up and we're saying, no, 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 no. But we're still working internally to get out of that sort of tattooing and tainting of our feelings about ourselves and what we have 
heard and what is expected of us. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. we're we're way far away, hopefully, from the handmaiden's tale, but <laughs> internally, uh-huh. we're yeah. still working on it. Yeah, we know. I mean, even um, you know, in, in some you know society, some societies, you know, there is the. I mean, it, it is better. But you know, when we're, we're a global community, and when you see other um, other cultures where you know maybe it hasn't progressed very much. I mean, so it seems like the um, that imprint. Um, is is reinforced is constantly reinforced even if you're it's living in a, a society that has made strides. You're absolutely correct, and there are still places where women just plain only exist to procreate yeah. and to and to cotton to whatever the the male wants. Uh, those women are becoming more. I'm not, I don't know about this. I'm probably speaking. I'm probably speaking mostly out of hope rather than knowledge. My hope right. is that that right. because of communication the way it is and the and the world having shrunk down to the a bite size, uh, so to speak, uh, that that those women are are feeling and expressing and gathering together. It's it's like where women gather together, Robert, it's mm-hmm. it's like forests. Um forests really lean on each other. The trees lean on each other and there's such a thing as a mother tree they call it where other trees know they can come to that for energy. And that's the way women's groups are also. Um we gather together and we glean energy and courage from each other. But, yeah. you know, if the consequences of your actions are you're going to get acid thrown in your face or you're going to be killed or your kids are going to be taken away from you or they're going to be harmed, you know, the impetus to act is very curtailed. I mean, our main yeah. our, our main thrust, of course, is self and other preservation, and especially if those other are our children, our sisters, or you know, lo- ones we love? So yeah, yeah, we've we've come we've come great strides, and we haven't. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. One, whenever I'm, you know, this kind of topic comes up, there was uh, I had a guest on my show probably now about five or six years ago, but she wrote she was from a well, she lives in Iran. Um, but she, she was, her family was in Iran and they came to the States, lived in the States and then they went back. But anyway, it was, um, when I asked her about, you know, the status of women, you know, in Iran and the, um, the effect on happiness, you know, I mean, how can, how, uh, how can, I mean, there has to have been a challenge having her having seen both different types of uh, cultures. and um, But she just came back and said, you know, it, and it goes back to what you talked about, the, the um, having the, the the family or the gathering, that, that the women, you know, basically stay together and, and they yes. have their own, their own support, you know, and, um, yes. and that 
you know, and the happiness is from within. So that, it, I mean, it was really, yes. you know, so anyway, I mean, so every time, that, you know, that kind of thing comes up, I just recognize that, you know, despite external circumstances, you know, um, that it's possible to, to experience that happiness even within a, a oh, you know, a restricted absolutely. Oh, oh, absolutely. I think happiness always originates within. Um, circumstances definitely uh, affect it, but it always, at the end, as the end result, is from within. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like the book, The Red Tent, where, where during their uh, menstrual cycles, the women all gathered in a red tent, and children oh, came yeah. to up into a certain age, and that was a powerful sisterhood. And I would imagine that that your um, guest has that back when she goes back to Iraq too. So I'm hoping yeah. because I think that's yeah. the yeah. I think the the human inclination. I mean, I think our yearning, our heartfelt, deep yearning, is toward happiness. But happiness is such a loaded word. I'd rather say <laughs> maybe peacefulness. Uh, um, contentment, yeah. uh, those those might be a little less loaded uh, or a little a little less wide in their spectrum of definition, uh, but toward that peace of mind and heart. So, yeah. I think I mean it's very obvious that people can even do that in concentration camps and and yeah. in horrible yeah. horrible situations. So. Yeah, 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 people are amazing, Robert. I just am in awe of people. I'm sure. I'm sure in, in, in your your practice, I'm sure that that's uh, it's just enlightening. Um, now, uh, we, you know, we you know talked briefly about the the, the fear of being uh, of presenting our authentic self, you know, and and the women and men, but you know we're talking about women yeah, sure. in particular. Um, yeah, but. Um, for um, what would the what would if someone is out there thinking you know am I cheerful you know or, you know of my what's my authentic self and am I fearful what what are some of the um, the, the, the feelings or experiences you know a listener would um, would have to recognize well you know I'm not being my authentic self or, or something okay. is not authentic to me. Okay. Well, your body, your feelings, your emotions and your body are your best teachers in that. Usually, okay. um if you're being inauthentic and and it isn't and it isn't a choice. I Oh, that that sounds really weird and I'll get back to that, okay? Uh <laughs> okay. but uh <laughs> really and I have an example. So, um if you're if you're doing or not doing something out of fear, uh, your body will let you know that, uh, and so will your emotions. There'll be, there'll be like a clenching of teeth and a clenching of heart, and there'll be a, a dis-ease in it and a discomfort. Um, so if if you feel like while you're being authentic, there's an expansion of mind and heart and and feelings. If 
you are doing something and you feel constricted or shrunk, then uh, imagine a blowfish, okay? Uh, when okay. A, when mm-hmm. a, imagine that when a blowfish goes poof, um, they're, they're being their authentic self. Now, I don't know about blowfish. Their skinny self is probably <laughs> authentic too. But I, I was once at an aquarium in Hawaii, and I was learning. I was taking uh, classes from a kahuna uh, in Hawaii, and, and he was talking about uh, how you could really intuit with animals and stuff. And I was with a friend who had been swimming with dolphins for a long time and felt like she had communication with the dolphins and so I picked out this one blowfish and he was in his little skinny form and I just invited him to come to see me and it took a little while but he did he came over and he put his little lips real close to the glass and he went poof and I <laughs> laughed and laughed and I I felt like that was his job you know he thought oh well I'm gonna yeah. give her more than she bargains for and uh, <laughs> that's kind of what uh-huh. that's kind of what we feel like now now there is another uh-huh. scenario and there's there's a there's wisdom in absolute choosing when you're authentic and when it's safe to do so and so the other night I was uh, in a discussion shall we say with my husband uh-huh. and it was kind of it was kind of late and my authentic response would probably have been un un um printable so <laughs> but I just stepped back and said uh-huh. okay what what do I want right now and what I wanted right then was just to be able to to take my hurt feelings and take care of them and not garner any um, kickback no. or not, not get any uh-huh. consequences. No. I, just, uh-huh. I just needed that space. And, and so that was authentic. If, if I had done it out of fear, and, and you could say that I feared the consequences, of right. flashback mm-hmm. or whatever, but but it wasn't it wasn't that it was more just what do I really need right here right now? It isn't to tell him he's wrong. It really isn't what I need to do. What I need is just to separate a little bit, take care of that hurt part of myself, and and let her get strong and safe and comfortable again. That was an authentic choice. I really believe Uh when choices come consciously, and, you know, if you're in a domestic violence situation, Mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to, your choices are really limited and you have to be very sure that, and you can't be actually, but you need to be as sure as you possibly can be, that they're not going to create more harm to you or your kids. And yeah. and that's that's true in whether it's a male or female uh, in a domestic situation. Um, yeah, it's just conscious choice. I think if it's conscious choice, I would yeah. call it authentic. Yeah, it's those those like unconscious reactive <laughs> kinds of yes, exactly. behaviors the inner, that can be. Yeah, that's, yeah, and so that's one reason why I have a three A's thing uh, in the Courage to Be Yourself, 
And the first A is A as in alphabet, uh, awareness. Mm-hmm. And then the second is acknowledge. The third is accept. And then I've added um, adjust and adapt and allow. But all those A's are good. But first of all, the major one is awareness. If we're, you really can't be authentic, really, unless you are aware of who you are, right. what you want and what you need, and uh, what works for you and what doesn't. And if you don't believe in sub, sub subterranean caves that you're not worthy of being treated mm. well or having what you want, that's going to happen. That's going to be what happens. So the awareness yeah. part is absolutely the key in my mind. Yeah, the it, awareness it, it, without judgment. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know exactly. Um, it, yeah, and once you get to that point, um, you you kind of rewire yourself, you know, and, and so Absolutely. that the that that reactive what you wanted to do or say or um, gets um, holds less power. And, and that you know, and so the, I, I would think that the more that you have that, those conscious reactions, you know, the yes, the fewer the you know the uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's so a matter are, of like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go it's, ahead. It's, it's it's a matter of maturing and and maturing because. One of the definitions of maturing is being able to wait for gratification, and and when we're when we don't when we're not aware of inside what what's causing the reactivity, then we we are not going to be able to wait for reaction or doing something yeah. because it's kind of a knee jerk thing. Yeah, yeah, very much. Well, we're going to take a. a quick break, Sue, and I do want to invite listeners, if you'd like to call in and ask Sue any questions, you can call in at 619-789-4359, and for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to pose them there. Um, And then when we come back from break, Sue, I want to talk about um, the idea of, you know, feminine energy you know i i, mm-hmm. I noticed um as i was reading through your website you indicated that you know we're in the world is really in desperate need of some uh, respectful power um, and values of, of feminine so i want to talk about that when we come back okay love it great okay everyone stay tuned we'll be right back after this brief break hello this is robert Sharp. hello I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site, is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. 
We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Sue Patton Foley, and we're talking about her work. Um, also, the, the, her newest re-released book is The Woman's Book of Courage. It was originally um, published in 2003 and recently re-released um, by Mango Publishing. Um, and then we're talking about her other books, and, and I mean, she's got her, her most recent is The Mindful Woman. But anyway, go ahead and visit Sue's website, um, and you'll be able to read about all of them. And her website is www.suepattonsoley.com, and that's S-U-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-T-H-O-E-L-E.com. Okay, Sue, we are back. Hi, Robert. Hi. Okay. So, um, you know, the one of the things that um, obviously is, is one of the threads through your series of books is, is the feminine energy. Um, so can yes. you um, give us your perspective, uh, first of all, you know, how, how you see feminine energy and kind of like what's the state of it, you know, in right. 2021? Okay. Well, uh, we first of all, I want to make clear that both women and men have masculine and feminine energy. It's just a matter of, of proportion and so forth. Um, and some, some women have, <laughs> yeah, some, some women have more masculine energy than feminine and some men the opposite. Uh, but as a general rule, um, the feminine energy is relational and connective and masculine energy is combative and competition uh, you can see this you can see this with kids playing little kids uh, the little girls will be over in the little kitchen area of kindergarten and uh, and some of them I I wasn't right, right. I, I was unusual and um, <laughs> and um, the little boys will be you know they'll take the blocks or the rulers or whatever they've got and they'll sword fight or they'll kill each other with it and they'll roll around on the ground and and it's it's just what's what i mean it's just estrogen and testosterone and all that stuff and and some some people are um socialized to really enhance those tendencies and we we Mm -hmm. are and Men are now being given the opportunity to bring forth more of their feminine energy. So many more men are stay-at-home dads and have much more of a of a part, a big part of not just being a model and a bringer home of bacon, but being a person who is raising children. I I see that right. and it makes my heart so happy. I um and and so the feminine energy is connective as i said and relational it's supportive and um and it is inclusive okay well 
because of the competition and combative nature of masculine energy and, and the need to do it and do it right and the need to be in charge. You know, that's, that's just that the relational aspect of everything, especially our poor beleaguered uh, big pharma and big everything and big government and all the rest of that stuff is just immersed in the shadow masculine energy. I want mine. I want it now. I don't give one little toot about you. And if I have to step on your neck, I'll do it either outwardly or behind a curtain. And, you know, and that attitude is destroying so much, even our planet. I mean, you know, how much longer do we have? I don't know. But if we yeah. don't begin to honor and act from feminine energy, that connective, inclusive, supportive, and feminine energy listens and wants to understand masculine energy. And I'm going to say it again. I'm not talking about men. I'm talking about right. energy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I want your listeners to understand that too. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah, sorry. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, just because, <laughs> just to be clear. Uh, because the masculine isn't very good at listening and because he, it doesn't listen, it can't understand. And from understanding comes empathy. Mm. And we are in, we are in a crisis, a, um, a drought, heavy duty drought of empathy. Mm. And that's when we can feel what others may be feeling. We can, we can actually take into our own hearts, the situations and the feelings of others. Um, we, we've just had a, a absolute example of lack of an empathy in um, Trump. Um, uh, there's just uh-huh. there was no empathy. It was all right. shadow masculine energy. If we don't begin to value and bring forth those connective and understanding and inclusive values, um, we'll just do ourselves in. I, I was just, I almost wept at a headline I saw yesterday in our local paper, and it was mental health, local mental health agencies see a cut in funding. Oh, my mm. God. Oh, this is a time in our world where mental health is is just in where it's precarious, and the, oh, we I need know. to be able to yeah. serve those people and help those people heal and transform their their wounds into because we all have that capacity. Um, I mean, I know that there are mental illnesses that are pretty hard to treat big time, but but most of us have a capacity to transform form and transmute the wounds that we have sustained or the reactivity that we have gleaned in some way. Uh, and I, I believe some of us have come in with that, that it isn't all childhood-based, of course. Um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm, it was interesting that you brought up Trump 
and the you know, the that masculine, the over masculine, you know, um, shadow masculine. Yeah. yeah, the shadow shadow masculine. Thank you. Um, but uh, you know, when I look at that, I mean, to me, it is it is just bringing that shadow into the light, you know, so to speak. So that mm-hmm. we, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I sit back because I just, I'm, I'm amazed at the resistance um, or, or the, the need for some, so many <laughs> to display that, yeah. um, you know, that, that, that shadow masculinity, you know, again, yeah. Male or female, but but you know, right. but it's, to me, I'm. I have <laughs> foolishly thought maybe we had come a little bit further, right. and you know, I I, I knew <laughs> that there were numbers, but I had no idea that there were, you know, um, and I don't know if I, know. I was just being unaware, um, you know, just not traveling in those kind of circles or what. Oh, you're voicing something that I have heard myself and so many people say. I was incredulous. And, yes, I think um, I just I just don't I just don't know uh, yeah. a lot of people for whom that resonated. Uh, yeah. That, um, you know, the, the what you're talking about, I just it's yeah, it is yeah. incredulous. And and I agree with you. I think it was a wake up call. Um, and I, I believe that many of us, uh, just went, what? No, 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 yeah. no, yeah. that's not, don't, no, no, no. And, and it wasn't when we saw with, without being able to question really. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So there's a yeah, lot think, of, yeah. I say, yeah, to me, it just seems like it is. Um, like the whole purpose (laughs) of this experience, this recent experience in the recent years, is is to shake people up, you know, out of, of, um, uh, you know, just thinking that things, you know, couldn't go back (laughs) to, Mm -hmm. to the way things used to be. I mean, we've learned. But anyway. Um, No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I hope we've learned. Yeah, I hope so too. Now, one of the, the major themes through many of your books is meditation. You know, um, the, there's the, um, the you have one of them, the strength meditations for wisdom, um, balance, um, and power. Um, so, tell us about your experience with meditation. I mean, did kind of like when you started, and has it changed over the years? Oh yeah. P- plus, I'm I'm really not a good example for what many people think of as meditation: sitting on a on a cushion and being quiet for you know lengths of time. Well, to me, I'm sure people uh, are happy I, I, in to fact, do that. <laughs> <laughs> for, for years, for for years, uh, meditation. I that was my. Uh, New Year's resolution. I will meditate, and I uh, one year I made it thirty days, and that's as good as it ever got. So, what I've done, because you know uh-huh. I'm pretty old, I, I'm I'm pretty ripe on the vine here. So, I've given myself a break and uh, and not 
I don't do those kind of um, resolutions anymore. But for me, meditation is, is a loose definition, and it's basically anything that um, that creates peace of mind and quality of focus and joy and happiness and, and gets us yeah. into that centered space. And so mindfulness, is what I believe is for me anyway the being mindful which is basically just to be present and aware now in the moment that that for me is meditation that's what brings me quality of focus and that's what brings me peace of mind and that's what allows me like this morning I mean I have seen already three little miracles or four little miracles this morning in in the form of just seeing things in nature that are heart-shaped and also watching my little dog be so interested in a bug and also how intuitively she knows to creep toward little children. <laughs> she just did that in uh-huh. the park. And um, those are miracles. And because I try my darndest to to stay in the moment, um, I, I see them, I feel them, and yeah. I've framed it, I, I have framed it in a way that brings me great joy. I I have been, I know, you can edit this out if you need to, but I, <laughs> I've been really um, blessed to, to, to see in my life three of the guardian. I don't know whether they're angels or beings or my mm-hmm. imagination. I really don't care. Um, the first one I saw was many years ago. It had to be like 30 years ago, I guess. It was in a, dental's off, a dental office. And I, I'm, I'm a dental wussy. I just don't like it. And <laughs> so I'm sitting yeah. there just, you know, crushing the attendant's hand. And he, the dentist is trying to tell me something funny. And so he was talking about musicals and and musical pairings and all I could think of was Kukla Fran and Ollie and into my vision I have my eyes shut but in into my vision popped this beautiful red-headed being a woman and she was just laughing and the feeling I got is just that she was delighted in me and just loved me and that she had a little mischievous touch too and that's and then the next day I was going through a catalog you know one of those funny little catalogs that have clothes in them and stuff and there she was uh-huh. I mean, it was like like wow. the catalog just showed me so she gave they gave me a affirmation that yes you you did see right now and I know it wasn't <laughs> that woman who showed to me but at least I had you know I got right. little pictures of that girl I can see her right here I have her over in my bookshelf and um and then it, I had two other experiences more recently where I, I saw <laughs> one was a stormtrooper, and uh, it was in the hospital. It was a hospital situation, and in another in another one, I I saw a column of light, which was also a hospital situation, and so and around those three have woven a dolphin that I have swum with uh, several times in the wild, and who just came to me the first time I swam with dolphins and escorted me back to the boat and it was happened to be the day that my sister died 
Um, mm. And then Jesus and Mary, because I really love them. And um, and my my other little dog who died two years ago wheedled in, and my mother popped in in the middle of one of my actual sitting meditations. And so when I see those hearts or when I see clocks in consecutive numbers like 234 right. or, you know, 1111, all that wonderful stuff, I just, I have just made my structure to hang on that those are miracles and I can hang those little visuals and those little experiences right on there like I'm decorating a beautiful tree or something. And to me, I see those because of my commitment to mindfulness. And it, for me, who is, you know, basically a meditation failure in the in <laughs> what I like going to sanghas and sitting forever and ever, I, I love it occasionally. I really do. I love yeah. it, and I can just yeah. feel wonderful. I, I, but but it's not my way, and I think we all have right. our ways. Mm-hmm. I I absolutely believe the purpose. I believe the purpose is to calm us, give our poor, beleaguered nervous, nervous systems a time out, oh, right. <laughs> and right. to yeah. open a portal for the mysterious. I believe that. Yeah. I also believe yeah. that yeah. mindfulness and being present does that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I just, um, I, I know that. I try very much to be in that in the moment in the now and and you mm-hmm. know one of my one of my favorite things is a nature walk so I mean that is my you know mm-hmm. communion with nature is, is one of my favorite mm-hmm. so you mentioned you know nature it was it was like um I can I I can relate to that um so um yeah so anyway it, it's um what what do you think about the uh idea of, you know, our hobbies um, as a means to get to that meditative state, you know, because I, I know some people, I'm not one of those to sit down, legs crossed, you know, back straight, you know, the, you know palms mm-hmm. upturned, you know, that, that kind of thing mm-hmm. isn't me either. You know, again, mm-hmm. so mine is, mm-hmm. is to walk. And then when I'm walking, my mind does connect. And I get those thoughts mm-hmm. and, you know, insights mm-hmm. and ahas, you know, and all the while maybe seeing an alligator or a water lily or something mm-hmm. to, to take pictures of. So, um, mm-hmm. but but for people who are listening who maybe have problems with that, um, they, they would look at what just what brings them joy, like maybe cooking or... Um, yes, 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 know, yes, yes, yes. Whatever. Yeah. Golf spot came into my mind for some reason. I guess maybe uh-huh. it has to do with nature, but you also have to concentrate. And I, I, I do a little painting, and I just absolutely lose track of time. It's just, yeah. it just goes bye bye, and and I go into what I think is called a zone. Many, many, many athletes find that zone, and in in when they're doing their workouts or their trainings or even their competitions, I think. And yes, I think the walking in nature, I absolutely believe that creativity of any kind, and I believe that walking in nature is creative because you're looking and you're aware and you're also exercising, so you're giving 
You know, you're giving mm-hmm. your entire system a kind of a massage of sorts. Oh, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, now, we're getting down toward the end of the show here, Sue. So one of the things that um, I like about when I read about you and your book um, is that you indicate that all of your books begin in the fertile soil of your own growth. Now, we've been talking about a lot of them about, you know, confidence and courage and mindfulness, but you have one book that kind of steps outside that. <laughs> and, it, and the book <laughs> is the, um, the, let's see here, The Courage to Be a Step Mom. <laughs> okay, so yeah. um, obviously this, this comes from personal experience, like I said in the beginning. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Why, why did you do that book? Well, it's totally a book. I, here's the way I wish I'd done it. Um, Because back when I was stepmomming, there weren't books on stepmomming and there weren't, uh, you know, the associations for step parenting and there weren't chat rooms and there there was nothing. I I hardly even knew anyone who was divorced, let alone raising someone else's kids. And, you know, I didn't cause any harm. You know, I I, I didn't cause any harm with my stepdaughters except to me Um, because I just... I just went in so naive and so in love with their dad and so excited to have girls because I had two boys. And, and so I, I overwhelmed one of them, uh, not the other one, but, and, and she and I have now are just now close as peas in a pod, but it took us 30 years and, and there were extenuating circumstances, of course, but this was the courage to be a stepmom is the book that I wish I had had. So I wrote it. I knew the excruciating pain and anguish and all the rest of the stuff that I went through. And um, and so I wrote it for people so they wouldn't go through it. And I have had more people mm-hmm. say that book saved their life. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I get all kind of choked up about that because it, it – uh, it, it would have saved mine too, in a way, if I'd had it. So, that was yeah. that was absolutely from my own from my own story, in a way that I wish I could have rewritten it. And and all of yeah, us are great. Yeah. We're all great now. And and right, the girls right. always say, "Well, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice." And the reason <laughs> they didn't notice well, is because. I put myself last in almost all situations, and I tried oh, yeah. to keep the peace. And I was, you know, the the mentor and mediator for everybody, and I was worn out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I just, you know, the the step parent um, dynamic, you know, is all around. You know, and it, I, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's uh Well, you know, I. I I loved the word you used to describe a blended family as an emotional <laughs> Cuisinart. And I just thought, ah, you know, from henceforth, if I ever think of blended family, it's going to be that emotional Cuisinart. Um, but it, you know, it, I think it accurately describes, you know, what you, you know, jump into or what you, you know, willingly enter into, I should say. Well, to, 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 Give people hope. I I want you to know that there are lots that much has happened in a step family, uh, the awareness <laughs> and the consciousness around step families. Plus, there's bazillions of 
places where you can find support now and there's bazillions of books and so forth so you are not alone i felt like i was alone and and in terms of support i was um so but no now there's much much higher consciousness and and now we're we're more honest than we used to be, Robert. We're just more yeah. honest. I mean, I'm talking about those of us who, like you who do this podcast and those who listen. I mean, sure, there's there's groups that are not, but most of <laughs> right. us are much right. more aware of our feelings and we're much more honest yeah. and we've just got a better handle on the fact that, you know, putting on your oxygen mask first is not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, guys, well, we're down to the end of the show, Sue. So is there, maybe, <laughs> you know, for listeners, is there any maybe um, final thoughts you might want to share or maybe, you know, just any words of wisdom um, that you might want to share with the listeners before we close? I'd love to. I And thank you very much. This has been delightful, Robert. Thank you. What I have, I came up with a motto years and years ago, and only because I really needed it myself. And it is, live gently with yourself and others. And if we can do that, we're going to make a lot of difference. Yeah, very much so. Well, thank you for your time today, Sue. This has really been a delight. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Oh, thank you. I have, too. You're a very nice, good interviewer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, you, and you're very welcome. Again, everyone, today, my very special guest has been Sue Patton Soley, and we've been talking um, about her newest re-released book, The Woman's Book of Courage. And you can also pick out uh, her other book, uh, which is The Mindful Women, which was just released in May um, of, of this year. So everyone, oh, and do visit her website. She's got a, a list of all of those books as well as more information. And that website is www.suepattonthole.com. And that's S-U-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-T-H-O-E-L-E.com. Okay, so everyone, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at byteradio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bite Radio Me. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.